You're listening to Randall Wallace Presents, formerly Bridging the Political Gap, the number one American history podcast of 2024 by Feedspot.com. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because Henry's preparing, I don't want to bother him, but put this thought to him. Uh, a major point that I know has to be covered is this thing about the election thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. And uh, apparently that didn't get across. Did, any other, no, get well, it? there wasn't a good audience for that, but guys, we can hit. You had too mixed a, a group in there yeah. to make the point that but they, they were all timetable working on them. Yeah, that's right. That's the time. But I would put it, you've got to put it in words people understand, say, our interest is the right kind of peace, a peace that will last, not the kind of peace we had after we've been around this track in 1962 in the settlement on Laos. Did he make that point? Yes. Well, he said yes, that you had given him instructions. That yeah, but I mean, let me make the point to you. In Laos, we had a settlement. It was a, but however, it led to just a continued war. Time. We want a peace that will last. In other words, peace that will last. He said. Yeah, and then you could say, yeah, what, what, what the president says. Our interest is not peace for the next election, but peace for the next generation. Right. So just want to use that phrase. Good. Okay. Fine, Mr. President. everybody, this is Randall Wallace, and welcome to the final installment on Alexander Haig and the calls uh, that, we're, that we've done uh, that he had with President Nixon all the way through to, this will be to the end of the Vietnam War. And like I said, he played a, an integral part in, a, in, in bringing that war to an end as Henry Kissinger's assistant, as President Nixon uh, got us out with honor from Vietnam and really in a lot of ways saved the country. Uh, that was had drifted into chaos over this war uh, in the 1960s and early 70s. Uh, these these conversations are longer than the other ones, and so I'm going to try to not clutter this episode up with much narration. I do think you can follow, except for a couple spots, where we are in that final month of December and in early January um, as the war comes to a close. Though you'll see North Vietnam and South Vietnam, for that matter, try to string the president along, and he has to take a pretty major drastic step to get them back and to the table and get this war over with. Yes, sir. I wrote a handwritten note to Henry before he left, you know. Right, sir. In that I specifically referred to the election thing. Yes, that's right. It would right. be very impressive, I think, if you could get it, bring it to Henry, and he should not show it to them. I mean, he should not let them read it, but he should say, now, here's a handwritten note. I want to tell you, gentlemen, in that note, the president specifically says, and then he can paraphrase, the election is not to be a consideration. Make the right kind of a piece. Right, sir. Would you do that? Fine. Will do. General Haig, Mr. President. The president, sir. Hello, Al. Yes, sir. I want to be sure that at that meeting tomorrow that Cushman is present with the others of the Joint Chiefs. Right, sir. He's included. Fine, fine. Okay. Now, on the um, matter today, we've got that, I think, is, I don't know what more we can do with these clowns, but we'll... Yeah, I think uh, we've got a couple of tough nuts to get over here between now. time they leave, they're still pretty strong on a couple of points, and that's what we're working on there. Henry and uh, Paris, yes, sir. Good. Well, 
on track and uh, he'll do he'll do everything he can but in the meantime with these people there's really nothing more we can do you know those they, they just got to realize it all this exactly it's coming through it's just, just a traumatic thing for them I know they just don't well, I couldn't have given the message to him stronger that day than I did, you know, I think. Oh, no. God, they weren't any doubt about it. They, they know. They know, and uh, I think tomorrow we'll have, we'll have it sorted down to the manageable two or three pieces. Right. We'll just put the frosting on the cake. Fine. Okay, gal. Fine. Good, sir. Yeah. General Haig, sir. Hello. Uh, Haig, sir. Yeah. Uh, sir, I've got this uh, gloom message from Henry, uh, and what they did was they were very intransigent, said they had no instructions, and would not have any till tomorrow morning. Uh, they also, when they were discussing the understandings, opened up the civilians again in that context, and demanded their withdrawal within a period of ten and a half months. I think uh, I've got defense drilling now to see if we could compromise for a year if that were the only remaining issue by itself. And probably it would be manageable. Uh, the second problem is Henry said that he has told them that, uh, that he would be leaving tomorrow night, that they were keeping the vice president standing by and that that was uh, not acceptable. Uh, oh, he's out of that limb, huh? Yeah. And uh, that he, in any event, would be leaving tomorrow night regardless. <laughs> now, I think what we should do is go back and tell him that uh, he should leave tomorrow night only if, in his judgment, yeah. no hope and recess would be necessary. Yeah. But in any event, he should not break off the talks, but merely tell him that... Uh, we should take a recess for both sides to reconsider their respective positions, and we'd be prepared to meet with them again week. Yeah, in a week or after Christmas. And that in the meantime, uh, we, of course, would have to resume the normal pace of our actions against the North. And uh, if he's forced to do that, do it. But only if it is absolutely clear that tomorrow's session and even a day or two after that uh, could not bring us to a conclusion. And then but I, I think I think he's got to uh, yeah, get across in absolutely clear terms what uh, that uh, I realize I, I, I realize why he's doing this for a negotiating technique.
Right. That's the point, and that's what he does. That what he can't get through his head that you can't use that unless you've got an option. Right. So uh, if you could, uh, I say, uh, keep it going. You, gotta, you, you can get him on the phone, huh? Yes, sir. And this, the yeah. fact of getting these uh, instructions in the morning, if they come in harder than ever in the morning yeah. and claim they have instructions and they are reopening all these issues up, then I think Kenry's probably right that we ought to uh, just this and start letting it, letting them have it for one week. Yes, and if if they come in a little softer, then obviously uh, they were stalling today, and then we we'll stall on a tough wicket, which makes sense. Any uh, you can use, for example, with. Uh, but uh, why does he do this? But why does he put himself into this corner again? Well, I, he's been using that one for some time. But after a while, they don't pay attention to it, you see? No, well, I mean, he's been citing Tuesday as yeah. the time that he's got to get back uh, for about three days now. So the hole started I see. Uh, a little earlier. And it, they have responded each time he said that. <laughs> the next day they've come in and they've been more... Response yeah. to the uh, we shall see. To the last day. Tell them that, that uh, tomorrow, if there is any response of any movement, stick it, stick through, and get it done. Right, right. Yeah, but 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 uh, and that we are re-examine the other thing, the other thing. Okay. Right, sir. Good. Well, that's all I want. Yes, sir. Hi, Al. It seems to me, I, I just don't know, but you have to think it through that with this up and down syndrome that Henry's in and his knowing his rather emotional uh, lack of moorings at the moment, I'd feel a hell of a lot more comfortable if you were with him rather than here, particularly since we're beginning to change our attitude with regard to the Agnew mission. I think we may totally change, you know what I mean? I think the more I think about it, the, the idea appeals, particularly in view of that reaction in that last message. The second point is, if you were to go back, uh, it's somewhat of, a, somewhat of a message. I mean, you can sit there with Henry and be as belligerent as, as is necessary in terms of as calming as necessary uh, to, uh, as, as, as the thing goes on. I don't know, if rushing back and forth across the Atlantic may seem like a frenetic operation, but on the other hand, uh, important matters to discuss. You did come back, you did discuss them. I don't think there would be any difficulty uh, at all as far as atmospherics in, in going back. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm going to call into Henry right now, and I was going right. to suggest this. Well, you raised with him my um, rather deep reservations with regard to the Connolly thing. I mean, the Agnew uh, thing, and that uh, at this point, I think that they could be more useful there with him, and that uh, that suggested on me that I suggested that he, that he might return and then go on that we feel it's, I feel it's vitally important to keep the talks going as long as there's any hope. And then then just ask for a recess, for, but with no threats. I'm at the recess. Just do it. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, this is not a time. I, I don't want him to get Al into the frame of mind he was in the first three, three days, you know, thinking in those choice on the sword, we'll rally the country idea. That's, you see, it's not there anymore. You're sure. That, that's, that's, they just got to, you know, we got to realize what plays we can make. And uh, and I think that uh, right now that's not something we're about ready to do. Uh, oh, yeah. We're ready to we're ready to let him have it. But we're going to let him have it. And uh, Henry, it's going to be difficult for him to have to go home and brief. He won't have to brief. He just says it's a recess. Doesn't have to. That's right. He said I wouldn't brief. I just come home and I'd start hitting him. Exactly. To me, which would be my view. But I think if he hears it directly from you, so if you.
then he just gets discouraged as hell. Isn't that what it is? That's right. He is. He is. From his messages, I just think he has been up and down an awful lot. Am I wrong? No, but quite frankly, that's the way they play it. And that's yeah. acting. It's a conscious act. They play it one day, right? Just on the verge and ready to go, and the yeah. next day they're just a totally unreasonable. Yeah. Well, that's the way we are then. And I think you're being up there and being back, and you can uh, point out that uh, there's going to be any uh, look ominous as hell, which you have every right to. Right, and that's what I generally do. Yeah, I know it's easy for you. So, <laughs> Thing I want, but what I meant is, at this point, you could you're going back and you know, there, and then and then after they've met a couple of days, and you have a recess, if necessary, if they say that, and then we will recess, and then we'll we'll start going and bring in and say, look, this is, uh, you fellows failed, and we're sorry, and that's that. Fine. Okay. Good, sir. I'll I'll get right through. Yeah. 
Mr. Well, he, he's called me. He said he wouldn't be available for anything more until 11 tonight, but I can call him at 11. He's All right. Exactly. You do it. Good. All right, sir. But as a matter of fact, <laughs> as far as the message is concerned, it isn't quite as bad as Henry. No, no, not at all. And and he feels that uh, we've got to get two on board and that the vice president and I ought to go over there as part of this thing and just lay it down to him uh, because we'll just be back in another well, The only thing that I'm concerned about is this. Al, God damn it, the vice president, you should go, but I want to be able to withdraw something. Now, we've got 29000 Bring it down to 15, just like that. Yes, sir. We, well, the, do something. We do something. We're not to be encouraged either. I know. I don't, you don't have to encourage it. Don't just quiet. Do it in a quiet way. Yes, sir. Do things. Well, cut off money then. But that's what we're can't going to we, Can't we discover some things to cut off, some money? And uh, we're going to drill on it all night. We've got uh, several things. Uh, and uh, Laird is now, I want to. I, I want it done right now, though, Al. I, I don't want it said publicly. No, I just want, I just want, I don't want Hanoi to see it, but I want to do some things that will get through to you. Now, you've also, I want to be sure that Bunker has the message. Nobody is to communicate with the son of a bitch now without specific authority from Washington. Right, and what Henry did, he just broke off in Paris. He said, I will not meet or discuss with you anymore. He did that today at Twitter, meet with him. Uh, we also have an analysis, incidentally, a very careful one by uh, our expert in CIA. And he says the two speech today was very carefully worded not to get himself out on the land. Good. Sorry. Right. That's their judgment. Mm -hmm. They think he'll come, and I think this kick in the ass will do it and will put some screws on it. All right, fine. All right, sir. Okay, but you understand. I don't want you to do anything with the brain of the night. I just want him to do it in a, in a way that said, look, the president is very, he, put it this way, the president very much, uh, you know, treasures his personal relationship with Breshna. He does not want to jeopardize that by having his children there on a personal visit that might embarrass Breshna for me. And therefore, he would like to work out a, 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 a conciliatory way to cancel it. <laughs> because of what we're going to have to do on Vietnam. Exactly. Now, that'll get the message through. See my point? Yes, sir. Okay. Very good, sir. Bye. Right. At this point, you're going to see now the, the intransigence of the North Vietnamese, and Richard Nixon is going to have to take a pretty dramatic and drastic step, and that dramatic, drastic step is going to be the Christmas bombing uh, that goes on for about 10 days, uh, over Christmas of 1972, but it does what it needs to do. It brings them back to the table. And I always remember this story that I heard the prisoners of war tell, which is when they heard the bombing, they knew this war was over, that Richard Nixon was coming to get them out. And that is what ended up happening. And uh, I know there's a story, and I, I don't know which one used to tell about the guard saying, you know, they're trying to kill you. And they said, oh, no, sir, they're not trying to kill us. They're trying to kill you. And all of a sudden, their treatment got a lot better. So that is the, what, what happened when Richard Nixon went after them and, and started bombing into Hanoi over Christmas in 1972. Everything changed. Yeah. General Haig, Mr. President. Yeah. Thank you. The President's Secretary. Uh, hello. Yes, sir. Yeah. I just talked to Henry. Yeah. Uh, he said there was more of the same. Yeah, sure. That he'll get on the plane at 9 tonight. Uh, he gave me three general themes uh, for the press, which I've given to Ron. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, also said that uh, this won't get him in here until 11 or 11.30. Well, we won't meet tonight, then. No, I thought we ought to uh, hold up. I'll tell him to go to bed. Fine, sir. And I told him I'd send him a message with your thinking as a, uh, based on our meeting this morning. Uh, he's very, very touchy and tired, obviously. Yeah. Well, you can mollify the thing so it doesn't sound, you know, different. We know he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, they've, they've given him a rough time. Huh? Yes, uh, apparently, and he's uh, he's in one of those low moods, but I think uh, I'll give him a, a beat message. And, yeah. Uh, and we'll just, when he gets some rest, he's mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. What's gotten him so touchy? Well, I think uh, I told him on the phone that you were, you agreed generally with his analysis, but that we wanted to think and discuss certain aspects. 
terms of the uh, actions to be taken and the uh, and the upcoming trip. And the Agno trip, right. And then he sort of flew back on that. Felt that he should decide, oh, well, that's but right. That, that's, that's all right. We normal. Right. Uh, and I'll get a message off and just put these things, uh, right. questions in a way that he can think about them.
thought process, right. uh, which was designed to put pressure on him. Right. And some of it we tend to believe. I don't think the American people, after what you've done for four years, taken every tough decision, met it head on, and brought us to the point where they were nearly ready to settle. Right. I want to see you take something that is less than a cave out. Oh, I agree. And I think the American people... Look but they don't want me to... On the other hand, they don't want me to cave to Chew. No, not to Chew. We've got to take him on, too, in this process. Yeah. That's where the vice president might come in. That's in right. other words, if you had the vice president saying combined with military action... That's what I believe. And I'm more inclined to think we should do it if we go course one. But it should be... That should start before he gets out there. It cannot look like the... Oh, hell, yes. That he, the hawk, ordered it. That's right. That's exactly right. Because uh, that has looked like we uh, succumbed to choose blandishments. We're doing this because of North Vietnamese treachery. And uh, I quite frankly think the way to handle this, I've talked a little bit to Ron about it as a possible contingency. And he's got a very good way, I think, of solving it. That is, if he ought to go out, not Henry. Mm-hmm. I think we ought to send Henry away, frankly, for a rest and get him the hell away from oh, the press. I couldn't agree more. Else. What do you want to send him? Well, he could go to Mexico or any place else where it's hard to get on the telephone. Well, I know. And uh, then let Ron just, very matter-of-factly, as a spokesman of the United States government, state that we want peace. We've tried to do it. When we got into the exploration of the details, uh, there was reneging on some aspects of the agreement and further revelations, which made this too high a risk and uh, shows that they were not of the same goodwill that they indicated originally. We want peace, and we're prepared to meet at any time. We're going to keep communications with them. But in the meantime, we're going to resume the activity. That well, we're not going to have peace at any price, and we're going to have peace at uh, an honorable peace, and that's what we're insisting upon. That's right, sir. Now, I think it's also important. The reason I say we have to do it now is that we want it well underway before the Congress comes back. That's right. And not have to be faced with it when you'd have to bring congressional leaders in and right. before you can act. And I tell you, sir, I am confident. We've got to do it before Christmas, actually. That's right. And then that means right now. That means right now, I think. You see, that's why, although Henry reacted negatively to it, that's why my thought was on the receiving and everything else. Move on it right now. Move, right. move, move. And, we're and I think my intuition is correct here. Get the goddamn thing going. That's right, sir. And I think we, we'll have the mines in on Saturday. We won't do the reconnaissance until we put the mines in because that will alert them and risk the uh-huh. surprise that we need. Just dump the mines in, start the reconnaissance concurrently, and then Monday uh, start the other. And I don't think it's going to... The disappointment isn't going to be with the bombing. It's going to be that the talks haven't gone, and we've got to fill that in with words uh, Mm -hmm. that are reasonable and understandable. And I think... Not say that this means an end. It just means that this is a... One of those things that we have to do. We'll meet again as soon as they're prepared. uh, We've come a long way. We've made great progress. That's only on a personal sense. Don't you think I better have uh, Trisha and uh, Ed cancel their trip? Uh, I wouldn't do it just yet. I'd I'd just wait. I'd finish tomorrow's considerations. I think we could... uh, uh, Oh, in a sense, maybe it just as well they go. Yes, sir. I wouldn't make... Maybe it's just as well. Maybe we don't even let that hang on. It just acts as if nothing... That this is just usual. That's right. That leg of it could be be canceled. It comes at the end anyway. That's right. Anyway, they're not going to uh, be there except in a personal sense. That's right, sir. And another thing to keep in mind, I, this air action we're talking about, is uh, it's going to be tough initially, but I don't think we're going to be able to keep it up. Uh, no, it's a three-day, I know. Uh, although I I don't know of any other way to, to get this thing back on the track. And I think... We've got to improve our bargaining position, isn't that it? We have to do it, and I think the American people and I think the Congress, they're not going to vote a cutoff of funds while Hanoi's holding our prisoners. They just will not do it. Well, we're going to put it on that basis then, you see. Here's where Henry is correct. That, well, we know it's a sort of a, <laughs> a cynical thing. We're going to say we're doing
doing this because they won't return our prisoner before Christmas. That's right. That's right. They, they were supposed to do it. They would, wouldn't agree, and we're going to bond, and we get those prisoners back. That's right. That's what I put it on. Yes, sir. And I think it's understood. And as a matter of fact, it's reassuring to a lot of people who are beginning to worry that that there may be some some soft spots in this thing. Right. Okay. That's well, not going to be easy. When you see Henry, you first build him up. Say that now, oh, look, Henry, for Christ's sake, quit talking about martyrdom. Just hit him hard right in the face on that, because that's what he needs. That's right. As a real slap. Now look, the president, when he says says that's ridiculous, he's the indispensable man, and that the man that that we work China together, we work Russia together. We're not going to allow this pipsqueak little country to drag him down. You know exactly. Put it that way, you see, so he doesn't just think it's me. Yes. Sir. And then he said, but now we're going to work this thing out together. You can also, I think you should build up both Laird and Rogers a bit, say they are right on salvo here. Right. They're not undercutting, and by God, we'll bring them in line. And they haven't been. They no, sir. Been. We haven't had a peep from Secretary Ryan mm-hmm. on this thing. Uh, he's been nothing but supportive. Uh, he, uh, it'll be tougher. And, uh, what, do you think he's, what do you think he and Laird will say when we decide on this course of action? Uh, I don't think we'll get too much trouble from uh, from Secretary Rogers. I think uh, Laird is going to be more concerned about the economics of this budget. Uh, well, it, it's going to be a hell of a mess for him in that sense because he's already counted the savings. Right. But uh, as far as the right course of action, he's always stood when he's had to. Yes, and Laird uh, will stand. He knows he's going to want to go out as a defeatist. That's right. Even though as a peacemaker, Rogers will... We realize that we've. I wonder if we don't have to have an NSC meeting. Uh, it might might be the best thing to do to be sure they all sing from the same sheet of music, right? But not a big, no, just a small one. Small one that we have no public notification of because no. I think our best thing is business as usual. Rogers, Laird, Helms, right, and Agnew, of course, right. Okay, well, get him set, and then uh, are we should we plan to meet? Uh, I'll be ready any time after nine o'clock, but uh, you know, tell Henry he doesn't have to get up till ten. Okay, good. Right. Now we're going to move you a month forward uh, after after all the Christmas bombing, and you have Alexander Hayes got a new job, and uh, and President Nixon's calling him, and they will discuss in this first call. Uh, the chances of actually getting this agreement done. But you'll see they have a back and forth that does go on, uh, I think a little more with the South Vietnamese in these closing days before they have an agreement. But here are the, the calls with Alexander Haig as we get closer to the end of the Vietnam War. And uh, and uh, uh, I, my, and my my own. 
agreed to, don't you think so? That's right. Yeah. Now, whether this is going to produce a settlement remains to be seen. It, uh, it could. It could. What's your guess at this moment? Well, I, I'm inclined to think they're going to settle. Uh, it may, may be a couple of false starts, but I think by, by the end of the month we'll, we'll have a settlement. That's my own judgment. Yeah. Well, they think they want it. But frankly, uh, they either have to settle or uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we just have the thing... Uh, uh,
What are his letters written for then? For history? For history, for his constituency. And that, uh... You see, the problem I have is, uh, uh, basically what I say when I go on Tuesday night. I just gotta just ignore him, I guess. But, of course, the better, the, the uh, not being able to say that, uh, he is aboard will be widely noticed and could, could oh, jeopardize no, his damn thing. he'll be able to say that. He'll be able In fact, he's already said in his latest answer, uh, <laughs> a couple of hours ago that, uh, he is coming along. Uh, providing we get a couple of minor things straightened out. Well, there's the language changes that uh, uh, we're working on now with Sullivan over there, and Henry can confirm uh, Tuesday morning. Good, good. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. absolutely confident. Yeah. I have told Ron that, well, anyway, we've got to do it, as you know. I've told Ron that uh, the... Uh, that you, you and I have, have uh, been yes, chatting, sir. and so uh, uh, when we finish, you can just talk. Tell him we had a half hour on the phone. You know, we we just had a half hour talk, and that that we I the way we have told him. As a matter of fact, he told me that he was going to put out that we had met or talked. It doesn't make any difference. We're meeting. We're, we're meeting now. As a matter of fact, uh, but, uh, before this reception, and we'd meet afterwards. After this family reception, say around. 5.30 or so, I'll give you another buzz and Good. you and Henry and see what the hell's going on, and that will confirm it all, but uh, uh, I don't think there's really, yes, I, you just might as well give Ron a call and say, yes, we that we've had our talk, and that we will have another talk at 5.30 or so today. Fine, okay, sir. Fine, but you feel pretty good, do you? Oh, yes, I uh, You're not physically too worn out, huh? No, 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 no. I, this is well, you'd be more worn off if you stayed here and had to dance all night. <laughs> I know. Get I know, drink and booze up and all that sort of all of the leaders over there, yeah. I'll tell you, sir, they're uh, 100% behind you. They really... Uh, um, they don't have anybody else to be behind. They better be, well, they? I'll tell you, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Of course, that's what you told us uh, yeah. in NSC, you know. He yeah. said, this is the tough guy. He said, but just think where we'd be if the government had been there. Yeah. Oh, Christ, we treated him with kid gloves compared to what we ought to have done. That's right. And he's a he's a frustrating character, but uh, he's got to go though. He just has to. And he's, uh, going. he's going. That I that I have no question about. Yeah. We just have to stay tough with him. Uh, reasonable but tough. Huh? Uh, he's accepted apparently the Agnew idea. He wants him over oh, there. Oh yes, he's very enthusiastic about it. He told yeah, well, me, that, yes, if this goes, that's what I'm. That's good. If oh, if this goes, well, I was going to say that he's get a little pregnant if he begins to talk that way. But uh, he's as pregnant as he can be. Now he wants us to go to, uh, he does want to have a meeting with me, does he, or not? Uh, yes, he'll want that. He wants it to, to be a little bit later, though. I would much prefer it later. I mean, the further I can get it behind this, the better, and uh, you know what I mean. And, uh, cause I, and, I, and I don't want it in Washington. I, I mean, I don't want to expose him to this hostile atmosphere. In San Clemente, we can control the damn right. place. That's right, and I think there's no question that he'll want that. Uh, he was goosey about the... Uh, admitting it because he was still fighting the details. But yeah, I don't care. I understand that. I'd rather, not, I'd, I'd rather not have it at all. But uh, as you know, I mean, uh, from the time factor, but from his standpoint, I think he needs it. He does. He needs it. Don't you think so? Absolutely. He needs to have those pictures. And That's right. Standing yeah. together. He's going to need it in the, as this, this thing's been underway for a bit. Uh, and yeah. his better timing. Yeah, to see how it's working. That's right. He's, uh, he, of course, Al, must not base his reliance, of course, even no matter what, how much we tell him, that if uh, he creates or provokes an incident, that he can expect the Air Force to come bat batting in there to save him again. Well, I think he it's not going to happen, you know. He it's, like, it's like the old Sigmund Ray, you know, in 1953. We had to pull him back. Now, he's not going to have any free hand. He's got he's to comply or his ass. It's his ass, not ours this time. This, this he knows. And that's really one of his problems. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, want, to, he doesn't want to take up that, uh, that burden, does he? No. no. Okay, Al, I won't hold you. And uh, you'll, we'll call you 530 well, or so. Congratulations to you. I'm sorry I wasn't here to... No, thank you. Nothing to it. Thank you. Bye. God bless you, Hello. General Haig, sir. Good morning, sir. Hi, Al. I told Henry before he left that uh, uh, in working out my uh, 
remarks for uh, tomorrow, and assuming that he finishes tomorrow or the next day, that I would be uh, calling on you. I will, of course, have uh, Kennedy over as well so that we can keep it uh, in the chain here. He totally agrees. The main thing I want to be sure is that we have what in what we have in what is necessary with regard to the South Vietnamese. Yes, there, and, there is uh, some problem there. Yeah, and he's got a lot in there already. So, I mean, I think he, we have everything in, but uh, have you seen the draft that they prepared? Yes, I saw it uh, yeah. yesterday afternoon. Right. Maybe it could be tightened up somewhat. Yeah. Well, it's it's too long now, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, I don't know whether, but I, I plan to cut it in half, actually. I really think, Al, that all is... I mean, I mean, I, I don't mean that uh, we can put in the stuff reassuring us and that, but I think this is the time to go gassing on about it. I think we just announced here it is. This is what we said we wanted. Now uh, the South Vietnamese uh, have participated in it and so forth. We call on everybody to uh, thank the American people for supporting it and, exactly. and get the hell out of there. Don't you agree? Yeah. I think I think it tends to. I tend. I, I think the, the present draft, although. You just don't have to talk that long about it, or would you? Or do you agree? How do well, you? Well, I thought there was some redundancy in it. Uh, yeah. The yeah. last paragraph sort of repeated the third or second paragraph. Right. right. But I think we do have to have this reassurance in there. South Vietnamese stuff, I'll leave in, and I'll, when I get the thing done, I'll uh, I'll have you take a look at that and see what it does. Good. With regard to that, I suppose that uh, I, I guess it's a it's a good law. Uh, 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 it's a good public position that Henry's going over earlier and we'll spend, we'll meet tonight with the This is foreign very minister. helpful and that their guy is over there. That's the foreign minister. Yeah, that shows... Uh, he'll meet with the foreign minister and they'll meet tomorrow and we'll just go forward on it. Uh, as far as Tew's response is concerned, it's still still one that uh, indicates he's going to wait to see what I say and so forth. But after I step out, he's going to have one hell of a time not uh, coming along, isn't he? Oh, he'll be, a, he'll be with us before then. I would hope so. Into that. Yeah. He can't afford not to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's a very interesting thing. The, uh, the, uh, I just think he's sitting here after talking to Henry this morning and thinking of how, uh, the, uh, the, uh, our whole, our whole opposition and so forth in this country, uh, how they must be gnashing their goddamn teeth, you know, isn't it? No, it's killing them. Uh, they, of course, will come back. They'll say, well, we, we didn't get anything out of waiting since October. We could have gotten it then, and it wasn't worth fighting for four years, and why didn't we do this, and it isn't going to last, and it's a bad piece and so forth. But I don't think that's going to wash with most people. What do you think? I don't know. I don't think it washes at all, and I think McGovern's performance yesterday just turned everybody absolutely. Is that right? Did you, did you see that? No, I didn't see it. Even in Oxford? God, yes, he attacked uh, the Democratic Party, yeah. uh, the presidency, party, the country, the presidency. Yeah, this guy is—he's just an out-and-out revolutionary. Sure, good. Well, I'm glad to have him where he is. Right. He was beaten badly, and that's that. Well, that's the—that's exactly the interpretation of the average American, and uh, I think there's a, right. another revulsion building to this crap. Sure. Well, peace will help it. I'm not gonna. As far as the revulsion is they were really a pitiful bunch during the inauguration. I mean, they're squealing around, but they all know it's coming, and yet they still have something to squeal. They're going to commit suicide, some of these bastards, you know, really, physically, when they don't have something to, to hate about. Isn't that it? That's exactly it. And they're, they're really so frustrated. They hate the country. They hate themselves. And that's what it's really about. It isn't just the war. It's everything. It, that, well, that's one thing to keep in mind, because that's exactly right. It's yeah. not the war. No. It's now a bigger issue, and they're fighting this as their last leg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going to leave them out in a limb. Well, I'll work a little more on this thing, and then I'll probably have you come over this afternoon to take a look at one draft. Yes, sir. Fine. You'll be at the Pentagon, will you? Right, sir, and I'm going to keep following this thing right on through, because we'll have some schedule changes. If there's a 24-hour slip, then we'll have to back-channel these leaders uh, uh, so that they're appraised of the schedule. We'll know about that by probably uh, the middle of the middle of the night, won't we? Right, right. No, 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 no. We'll know before then, uh, probably, because I think Henry may do something tonight, Paris time. We'll meet with Lee Doctor even tonight. Well, it may be a communication. He's going to going to see the South Vietnamese, of course. 
final stages uh, of getting the agreement passed and I think it's time to say Richard Nixon really does save the Union saves our country and gets the country back on track with this agreement it also comes you know after 1972 when he's triangulated he and Richard he and Henry Kissinger have triangulated the communist world that's really the big play that took so long to get done. You know, people beat up Richard Nixon because they claim he could have gotten out of Vietnam within days of being elected president. That's nonsense. He had to uh, strengthen our position in the world to get this to get this done, and he did that when he went to China, pitted the two big communist powers against each other, and then suddenly there was pressure to get us out of Vietnam. And then, you know, frankly, the fate of Vietnam afterwards was not as important as it had been when we were doing these proxy wars in the third world. And so, Richard Nixon, he did something, I think, when he opened up China, and, you know, you can argue 50 years later with China rising the way it has about about the long-term range, but when it comes to what he was dealing with, I don't think that anybody could have more effectively changed the chessboard in the entire world than Richard Nixon did in that one week in February of 1972, and it led to this moment where President Nixon and Henry Kissinger, with the aid of Alexander Haig, who this shows have been about, um, got us out of Vietnam with honor and changed the face of the world and it was an incredible incredible moment and I think it's the argument that you can make along with Richard Nixon's invest, investing in cancer research which has done so much in, on that domestic or a worldwide front of, of, of bringing cancer uh, you know to something more cre- treatable but uh, those two two big efforts I think probably are the argument that he is right there with George Washington Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt, and maybe Ronald Reagan as, you know, the greatest presidents in American history. The other sad part, though, about this, and this is a, this final call, um, will be that Lyndon Johnson died on the day before this piece was announced. And uh, it's one of those sad ironies of war. We covered it in our series about him that he would pass and not see that end of this war that you know, ended his presidency, and, you know, you know, Johnson, I may not have agreed with a lot of the great society, but there's no question that he was not one of the most effective and greatest presidents, you know, for his political point of view, and it's just sad that his, his presidency was overrun by this war, but he so obviously did not want to be a wartime president. General Haig on the line? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Johnson died. Yeah. Now, uh, the point, uh, two points. One, I wondered if uh, what your situation was tonight. Uh, I'm available, sir. Well, uh, Ray Price now has, uh, we've taken the, 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 the NSC draft, and he's put it into understanding, translated it into English. Yes, sir. So, uh, at least, you know, our kind of English. <laughs> and uh, I was wondering if... Uh, around o'clock, uh, you could come over Good. and meet with Ray, and I'll be back over here then. I've got to go over to the house now and make a call or two to, you know, Miss Johnson or the Senate. The news of his being dead is not out yet because she has, she wants to put it out, see? I see. Died a few minutes ago. Right. The second point is that if uh, we wanted uh, if Henry wanted a delicate, uh, I mean, a skill, if he really, if you really think he ought to have, from our standpoint and the South Vietnamese standpoint, the extra day, he could easily uh, tell the North Vietnamese, you know, that, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. You see my point? Yes. yes. So, uh, uh, but he's got to use his judgment on this. The point is, is to announce this, to 
make the announcement whenever it's in the best interest of all concerned. That's right. If slipping it a day will help with the South Vietnamese, we have a perfect excuse with the North on it. See? That's right. But I do not want to make the announcement the day that John, right after Johnson died, you know what I mean, while we're in mourning. How's that sound to you? That sounds fine, and uh, then Henry can make a decision based on... He can make the decision. Understand, I'm ready to go tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. Incidentally, we were considering the possibility, because many here strongly wanted me to go down and do it at the Congress, you know. Uh Stick it to those people, but I I was leaning slightly against it anyway. But this, of course, decides that. I can't go to the Congress and have them cheering. Absolutely. So uh, I think it's better to be done in the office anyway. How do you feel? I, I feel the same way, sir. I think it's a simple matter of fact, yeah. and let it seep in. Okay, then uh, Ray will be available at 8 o'clock. Does that give you time to get oh, yes. dinner and everything? Yes, sir. Good evening. I have asked for this radio and television time tonight for the purpose of announcing that we today have concluded an agreement to end the war and bring peace with honor in Vietnam and in Southeast Asia. The following statement is being issued at this moment in Washington and Hanoi. At 12.30 Paris time today, January 23, 1973, The agreement on ending the war and restoring peace in Vietnam was initialed by Dr. Henry Kissinger on behalf of the United States and Special Advisor Lee Duc Tho on behalf of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. The agreement will be formally signed by the parties participating in the Paris Conference on Vietnam on January 27, 1973 at the International Conference Center in Paris. The ceasefire will take effect at 2400 Greenwich Mean Time, January 27, 1973. The United States and the Democratic Republic of Vietnam express the hope that this agreement will ensure stable peace in Vietnam and contribute to the preservation of lasting peace in Indochina and Southeast Asia. That concludes the formal statement. Just yesterday, a great American who once occupied this office died. In his life, President Johnson endured the vilification of those who sought to portray him as a man of war. But there was nothing he cared about more deeply than achieving a lasting peace in the world. I remember the last time I talked with him. It was just the day after New Year's. He spoke then of his concern with bringing peace, with making it the right kind of peace. And I was grateful that he once again expressed his support for my efforts to gain such a peace. No one would have welcomed this peace more than he. And I know he would join me in asking for those who died and for those who lived, let us consecrate this moment by resolving together to make the peace we have achieved a peace that will last. Thank you, and good evening.
Thank you for listening to Bridging the Political Gap. If you've liked what you've heard, please share it. And we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on, on our show. So if you'd like to, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, thanks again, and so long for now.